Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Yeah. So basically, you know, we're talking about uh, the name of the name of this episode is the um, wait. what's the name of it again? <laughs> Young, Mediocre and Black. <laughs> Young, Mediocre and Black. It's kind of like a play on words of, you know, the Aretha Franklin song, Young, Gifted and Black. I think, you know, and we're talking about in entertainment and I was talking about before, you know, when we were off air, I was talking about how what we're seeing now is how these I think a lot of these shows really have good premises. But I think the execution is horrible, you know, and I use a, a perfect example of that is a show like BMF. You know, BMF is a show about Big Meech, his brother, South, Southwest T, um, Black Mafia family. I think Southwest T is out of prison now. His brother Meech is still in prison and 50 Cent has picked up the story. And this has become a part of the whole power, you know, dynamic, the show that he created or whatever. And I think that and I've, I've only seen um, Power, the Book of Canaan. I think that show is pretty good. But this show, BMF, I don't think it's that good for the simple fact that I think what ends up happening is like they just they're going for more more for an effect instead of bringing in actors who have good chops. So in the BMF show, they have Big Meech's son, his real life son playing him. And I think they did that because he looks like him, which he does. You know what I mean? But he's not a very good actor. I think the storyline, the writing is kind of mediocre. It's more or less about who these people are. And I think it's because of the way that they've been portrayed, whether it's through rap music or uh, in the media, that especially with social media. You know what I mean? I mean, you got Rick Ross and I think I'm Big Meech, Larry Hoover. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's like, well, who the hell's Big Meech? You know what I mean? So right. now the stories get co- get told. It's kind of like the whole Rich Porter Alpo story in AZ. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We didn't, nobody knew who the hell those dudes were. If you lived outside of New York City or the, the tri-state area, nobody knew who they were. The same way nobody knew who r- the real Freeway Rick Ross was. Right. If until you, Rick you, Ross, the rapper, came out, really. Exactly. Nobody really knew who he was until because those dudes have been in prison and gone. You know, when you go to prison, it's like you're dead. So yeah. what they're doing with the shows now is they're making shows about these dudes. And it's like, OK, that's cool. But we need I just want quality. I just want better quality. Now, and I parallel that with um, and I'm I always talking about the gangster type shows because I, I like those type of shows. But I, I also want authenticity. And I always, you know, like I always say, there's the wire and everything else. I don't want to see shows biting off the wire or none of that. You know, the thing about the wire, um, even though it's made by a white guy, it was made by somebody who understood that space. And he actually got people from the community Mm -hmm. and taught them to act like Snoop wasn't an actor. Hell no. Um, No. But Snoop killed the fuck out of her role. (laughs) All of of the people in that show. We didn't know who. Now, you remember that show took place in 2004 up until I think 2008. So at that time, TV was different. Chappelle show was on TV. You got The Wire. TV is just different back then. So you nobody knew who Idris Elba was. Mm-hmm. We might have known who Wood Harris was because we saw him in Paid in Full and a couple other movies. We did know who Michael B. Jordan was. Mm-hmm. He was like, what, 14 years old in that show? He was 15 years 12, old? I think he 12. 12, something like that. He was yeah. young. You know what I mean? So we didn't know who any of these people were. Some of them are not even on TV anymore. We didn't know who Michael K. Williams was. Some of them you only see on HBO now. Yeah. 
they, was, shows, they were on the yeah. wire and then nothing else you know you had right. what's the young what's the young man's name he, he started rapping oh uh forgot his name i forgot his name i can never remember his name but he's the kid he 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 played michael in the wire you know so outside of the wire we didn't see them anymore a lot of them we didn't see anymore so but, but okay so i think there's so much to be said and i'm glad you started off with the shows that you started off with especially telling those kind of stories you know, the drug game stories, the hood mm-hmm. stories, those. And, I, and the reason why I think that's I'm glad you started there is because I think that's where people usually can sense when something's bad. For some reason, yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like they're really good at seeing that when it comes to drama and comedy. It's way different. But when it, it comes to like gangster shit, I think we it's like it has to be intriguing for us in a certain way for it to be good. I think when you're talking about the era that you're talking about television altogether, like you pointed out, was very, very different. Oh, yeah. It wasn't about social media. It wasn't about trying to impress the Twitter crowd. And the thing is, a lot of people are looking towards the social media spaces to decide what they're going to sponsor, what they're not going to sponsor, what gets funded or what doesn't get funded. The problem is that social media isn't always, to me at least, the best way of measuring whether or not a show is successful. It's never. It's not a good Um, barometer because most people that are on social media don't even watch the shows that they claim they want. Right. Like, because back in 04, there was no social media like we know it, was it MySpace. Now. That was it. Back yeah. then, we had MySpace, Facebook. No, and, Facebook didn't exist in 04. Uh, I think it came out around then because I was in no. college. Was Facebook, it 05? Facebook, 05? no, 08. 08. No, I had it before that because I was in I'm college. De- I'm I graduated serious. college 07. Facebook I was came out in Facebook. 2007, 2008. That's impossible because I graduated 07 and I joined Facebook in college. And I think it was 2004 when I got to USC. And I'm going to look it up real quick. You can look but, it up. Um, I know for a yeah. fact when I joined it because when they first opened Facebook, it was for college students. That might yeah, have that's, been, when I, that's when I first got mine. It was for college students only. Right. And so and you had to have a college email to even get on it. Yeah, you could. Um, yeah, you had to have an EDU so email. I, and I, I graduated college in 2007. So I know it had to be before that. Um, but at any rate, so Facebook, you have Facebook, you have MySpace. And even then, Facebook wasn't social media as we know it. It was mostly school shit. Um, so you, with classes, you could put your classes on there. You can connect with people who maybe get their notes, stuff like well, yeah, that. I mean, back then, the only way you, <coughs> if you were on Facebook and you had 20 followers, that was a lot. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, they weren't followers. They were they mutual. They weren't followers. Like you were yeah. friends. They called them yeah, friends. Yeah, they were friends. So you couldn't follow. Like it wasn't like you followed them and they didn't have to follow you back. It all, if they accepted your friend request, you guys were mm-hmm. going to be able to connect. Um, and on top of that, Facebook at the time was mostly people you knew in person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You so knew it wasn't. Yeah. So it social media random. was very different. The only thing you had that was close to social media outside of uh, Facebook and MySpace were message boards. Right. So I was on like a lot of the music message boards. Now those were like, you know, Lipstick Alley, I think was out. Right. And right. Um, I was on all hip hop and all that stuff. So that was it. <coughs> so you that, but it wasn't nearly like what it is now. Nobody was looking for through, at social media. Well, even, even people's mentality, the way that you use social media back then was different. You know, you very didn't have different. people. I mean, you might have had, like, put it this way. It was a joke if you caught a date off the internet. I swear yeah, to fucking yeah, God, yeah, you would yeah, get clowned. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you met somebody exactly. off the internet, it's just the right, internet. You know, it was a right, whole Right, thing. right, right. They clowned the fuck out of you. Like, there were certain things you just couldn't say or do on the internet because it was just a different time because most of the people on the internet, you knew them. You could so probably you run into go, them. You could, exactly. So you couldn't get on Facebook and start trolling because somebody, you gonna see that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Right. So 
it, and you it, had it to use a that. real email so mm-hmm. they could find you. So if you put mm-hmm. your student email, they was going to find your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, a lot of those shows that came out at that time, they weren't looking to impress that space. They weren't no. looking to show that they, were, that they had a following. The reason why you have a, a lot of the shows now, people say Insecure is the only one, but it wasn't. It's not the only one. No. It's actually a few web shows that turned yeah. into TV shows. Yeah. I looked it up. I can't remember all of them because I didn't watch any of them. But it was like, I found a list of a whole bunch of them that turned into TV shows. HBO, I think, got a few of them too, or Showtime, one of them. Um, at any rate, they started looking at those web series and they tried to see if many of those could translate into successful shows. Some did, some didn't. Um, they weren't doing that back then. So all your work and all how you created was geared around people who were going to be sitting at the television or going to the movies. That's it. Yeah. There was no, well, what are people you talking had, you about? You had to get people's attention who were sitting in the living room watching TV. Right. And it wasn't all this fake wokeness. It wasn't, no, okay, what's the social no. trends right now? Me Too is a social trend. Now everything has some sort of Me Too component the, to the it. Only, the, only, the only people that I can remember that would make a show or a movie that had a topic like that was Spike Lee. Get on the bus, uh, right. do the right thing. But Get on the Bus was about a real life event. It wasn't about a thought or an idea or something that's trending, something that's not real. See, they make shows based on social media situations that aren't even real. Right. Even that, there we it go. It doesn't even exist. There we go. You, you know hit the mean? nail on the head, Kenny. That's exactly what it is. Because the Million they Man March actually did happen. Because, no, you're 100% on it. Because think about it. Social media, people lie. or ex- Oh, all day. People exaggerate. They lie. They misrepresent. They mislead. Because they're, they have a narrative or a point they're trying to push, right? Yes. So you have that and you have a collective of people who are all on that same message. It can look like the conversation is bigger than it actually is. It can look like that perspective is more accurate than it actually is. I promise you. And and I'm not saying it doesn't happen because this happens a lot, but I don't think it happens nearly as much people say every time you turn a guy down, he doesn't shoot you. No, it doesn't happen. But you know how the social media makes it look. Oh, you can't tell a guy. No, you can't give him a fake number because we fear for our lives. Right. Yes, there are definitely aggressive guys that exist. And I have been uh, Address aggressive women. They're aggressive women that exist. Right. Facts too. But my my only point really is just that the same way, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but the way the conversation happens online, you swear that every time a guy asks for your number and you told him no, he was going to shoot you in the back of the head. First things first, first, for these people that say these things, I hate to get sidetracked, but most of these people don't talk to people in real life any fucking way. No, no, that's not sidetracked. You're not sidetracking. That's the main point I'm making. Yeah, they're not even talking to people. These are just ideas that pop into their heads. They put it online. Of these false yes. narratives that are and, and the larger the, the larger the following you have, mm-hmm. the larger the following you have, it be, you become a cult of personality. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, it's like the song, the, the song "Cult of Personality" by A Living Color. You know what I'm saying? And if you listen to the lyrics to that song, what they're saying is, you'll believe anything as long as this per this certain yes. person says it. You know what yes. I'm saying? I tell you, one and one makes three. You know what I mean? It's a lyric in the song. Yes. I'm a cult so, of personality. You know. So then you're getting people, and I think a lot of the web series shows, and not even just web series shows. I think all the shows are doing this now, and movies they're going through these false narratives that they're reading yes. on the internet and creating scripts and pretending like this is what really happened. Right. I thought Insecure in its lane, I actually don't dislike Insecure. Like, I think the rest of the sharks don't really fuck with it, but I actually I like Insecure. It. Oh, you don't even watch it. Um, no, I don't even watch it. Um, and I wouldn't know anything I'm, about and, it. And honestly, it's not your demo. I don't even see no. you being interested in it. It's nothing that no. you even watch. So it's not no. even like a big deal. But mm. I would say it's definitely my demo for me as a woman, especially being black woman in LA, I definitely thought it was a good show in that regard. Right. Um, however, I do think a lot of what they did was geared around social media conversations. That's, that's, that's what and I heard. 
And for good reason, in a way, because she started off as a web series. Right. And that's where her her writing is going to kind of tend to go to that online space. And she and a lot of her work and a lot of people that she hires are on that same page. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on her show. Right. Working on her show. When you have that and you you it's not a bad thing. It, it can be a bad thing. And I think a lot of times it is a bad thing. But I think it's also pretty brilliant. I know if I'm going to have a show and have a consistent audience, even if it's not a biggest, even if, I'm stuttering, even if it's not biggest audience, it's a consistent audience. Right. And it's because you know that every time you air an episode, first thing they're going to do is hit Twitter and talk about it all day. Yeah. Ripped from the headlines. I mean, this is the only bad thing. The bad thing is, and it has nothing to do with insecure. It's about black people. This is the bad thing. The bad thing is a lot of times we are looking for an escape so we'll start creating false narratives to have this escape. It's, it's, it's typical escapism. Hitting you know what I mean? The internet is the new drug. It's a new crack. You know what I mean? You don't need crack. You got the internet. So you can have people on Twitter that will tell you a lie. Like they went inside a barbershop and they just happen to be gay or trans. And they say they went into a barbershop and all the dudes up in there were just talking crazy about gay people. And they was afraid for their life. And they didn't want nobody to know that they was gay. So they just sat there and didn't say anything. First things first. When you go up inside of a barbershop, and since I'm follically challenged, I don't have any hair. I haven't been to a barbershop in quite a long time, but my nephews go to barbershops. Every barbershop is not the same, but there's a certain common, there's a common theme in all barbershops. And one of the first ones is language because there's kids in the barbershop and there's usually women in the barbershop. You never, it's very rare you go into a barbershop and don't see kids or don't see any women in there because they got to take their sons up and they get a haircut. Okay. Secondly, the idea that straight black men just talk about gay people all day long sounds like a you problem and not a straight black male problem. So they create these ideas and these lies. And first things, and secondly, we know they ain't going to no barbershops. You know what I'm saying? But what they did was they put it in that show. It's some show that was circling around the internet. It was called Harlem. By a girl, a show created by a a girl who's not from Harlem, by the way. Exactly. So it doesn't see. So so the thing about it is it doesn't matter about authenticity anymore. All it matters is, is that you get a a narrative out. You get a story out. It hits the internet. They did this with Lovecraft Country. They they literally said, because I remember T was telling us that there was a podcast that was out that was based on Lovecraft Country. And I think one of the writers um, was on the podcast and they said that we pay attention to Twitter to see if we know if the show is doing good. Now, this is the bad thing about it. As much as they tried to make you believe that Lovecraft Country was doing great, it only lasted one season and was only averaging 200,000 views as compared to when a lot of other shows, T texted us this the other day, compared to a lot of other shows that were debuting and on TV, whether it was Cosby Show, whether it was Martin, where these, they were getting three and four and five million views. Mm-hmm. This, this show was only getting 200,000 views. So the people that they claim they pay attention to to see if the show is good, they're not even watching it. Also, I... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Also, I was just thinking uh, with with those comparisons that you just made, those are also people who were in the game a lot longer before they got their own shows. Yes. You know what I mean? Bill Cosby had already been doing comedy. He already co-starred. He co-starred in a show already um, before he got his own television show. You know, Um, a lot of people are kind of, I think 
the problem with social media is they're kind of skipping a lot of those steps. They're skipping right? the line. Yeah. Um, that's why a lot of comedians, I don't think, are as good as they used to be. Right. And right. I think the problem with social media is it gives you a false sense of success. Absolutely. And so you're watching Twitter to see if your show is successful. But remember, like you pointed out earlier, the internet is crack. Why is it crack? Because that's how they design every single yes. app to be, yes. literally. So they put things in your face. So you believe your show is doing a lot better than it may actually be doing because you're seeing it talked about on blogs. You're seeing it tweeted about. You're seeing people post about it on Facebook. You're seeing memes about it on Instagram. So you're like, oh, people are watching my show. But remember, they're tailoring all the content to look like it's something that you're interested in. Not only, so not you're only, only that, getting, to, but my point is you're only going to get the people who are interested. So social right. media gives you this look. So if you got 200,000 tweets and social and posts and shit. It's not uh, enough for TV. In, in, in your mind, when you look at it, you're scrolling like, damn, all these people. Oh yeah. my God. But when you zoom out, most people ain't talking about that shit. They, look, I have people in my family. I, my daughter, my daughter's uh, 18 years old. She has no idea what the fuck that show is. You know, the I've thing never about seen it is, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, I only heard go. of it because y'all wanted to. We were like, talking about it. Yeah, or T in particular. <laughs> he likes yeah. to talk about, <laughs> T, like, T for some reason has a thing for having us watch terrible shit and then right. comment on it. <laughs> Mario, Mario already said that he's banned from trying to tell us about any show that he moves. <laughs> Like he banned Mar, he banned T from that like three years ago. So he's but not he supposed to be re- he right, but he's not supposed to be recommending of shows or TV or movies at all. But the thing so, that's so funny is he will recommend it before he's seen it, and oh yeah, yeah, he oh, hates yeah. it yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah, it's supposed to- we've already Wait. watched. it. I'm like, man, why you have us watching this shit? Oh, I <laughs> you thought knew it was, it was bad. bad. Too. <laughs> like, no shit. I wish you would have knew it was bad and just told us, hey man, don't watch this. But this is what happened, you know. But this is the thing. This is the thing about it. We know that this is the way it works because this is the way the end. The music industry has been functioning for the better part of 20 years. I saw T-Pain. T-Pain posted something on Instagram and he was showing how you get paid from um, spins. So whether oh, it's streams, yeah, from streams from streams, whether you it's sound Spotify, so old school. spins, no, yeah, really, Kenny, spins. I grew, we I, I grew up listening to the radio. Okay, listen, radios ain't spun right since like, <laughs> <laughs> the seventies. What are you talking about? Next thing I'm gonna start talking about records, <laughs> <laughs> eight tracks. But but this, the, but he he showed it, and he showed that even if you got like three hundred thousand streams. You only made like two dollars. So when people are saying, you know, oh, we got over a million, a million streams, that ain't shit. On top now, of that, compare- most of them are manufactured. Manufactured. So it's just like when T was talking about how people would turn their uh, Spotify or their um, whatever app they're using, they're using that on to, to for, for the song to just play over and over and over again and go to sleep with it mm-hmm. on. That still isn't generating enough. Yep. So what we're seeing is now you look at back, you look back and when you had to buy a hard copy, you actually had to go buy a CD or a tape. That's when you knew if somebody was was really a fan of your music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because uh, so much shit is artificial now. So you can't even really get a good gauge on if you're even a good artist. I mean, I guess you will when you go on tour. Yeah, them tickets, and, and, and them tickets and your selling. tickets sales, yeah, because that's the only way you're making money anyway is by doing that. So it's the same thing with and these shit, shows. Now it's only if you're independent, because right, because the labels is giving you a 360 rap. deal, right, right. But see, this is the, the crazy thing about it is when you look at these shows and you look at how you know they get all these retweets and, and things like that. You know, outside of Fifty Cent, I don't think any of them is doing anything. I mean, Fifty Cent is actually getting millions of people to watch Power and all the different books that come along with that show. 
You know what I mean? But all these other shows, it's like, I mean, once you see it, and you know, I think what happens is, um, I think what happens is a lot of regular people stumble upon these shows and they watch them. They're like, man, this is fucking stupid because regular people don't understand Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, or how this, how Twitter humor works or Twitter narratives work. Because some, like, if my mom turned on Lovecraft Country, or if she turned on that that show uh, Harlem, she would look at that show and be like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. You know what I'm saying? So they are never going to be able to reach the masses because they're not writing from a place of integrity. They're not writing from a place of authenticity. They're not having actors and actresses put on these shows that have actually any experience at all. You know what I mean? Like that experience has gone out the window. I mean, I thought, you know, back in the day, even when you saw certain actors for the first time, I remember the first time I saw saw, uh, Makai Pfeiffer and I think it was his first movie ever was the movie Clockers, the Spike Lee movie. Mm -hmm. I thought that motherfucker had been in movies, but he had a good director in Spike Lee that pretty much guided him how he wanted this thing to look. Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese has something to do with that movie also. You know what I'm saying? So they, when you have good people behind you, and this goes also into the play where even the showrunners, these producers and writers, they're not even qualified. No, and they're getting the same kind of people. You yeah. know, um, people got upset with Nina, <clears throat> and I and I know Nina. Uh, I was gonna say Resistance for a while, but she's not in that no more. But um, <clears throat> we were upset with her because she's basically was saying she didn't see what Issa Rae did that was so game changing. Yeah, when really all she, and people the people who tried to say what she put other people on, she was like, well, she was rich and put her rich mm-hmm. friends on. Well, I'm about to say because I can tell you a story about how that's not the truth because I know right. somebody that worked with her. She's she's they said she was the rich. She's rich and she had rich friends put on so people started of course getting mad thinking she was attacking middle class people or rich people or whatever mm-hmm. that really wasn't her point but the point I thought which was pretty clear which was well it's not really game changing she hasn't really done anything to change the game no. so what they started doing was <clears throat> saying <clears throat> what they always do excuse me for clearing my throat um, what they always do which is start naming identi- naming identifying factors yes she's dark skinned she's a dark skinned yep. black yep. woman yep. who they start internalizing her own show it. now I'm not saying she's not successful in what she's done for herself but a game right. changer changes the game for everybody that means yes. she's changed the trajectory of which of where television was going for yes. somebody right yes a um, game changer is like the way Bill Cosby led to Martin which led well led to Eddie Mer- well hold on Richard Pryor leads to Eddie Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy leads to Martin. Martin leads to Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac leads to Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle leads right. to Kevin Hart. You know, it's that's game changing when you're allowed. What you're doing is you're making it a way for you, for other people that look like you to be able to do things that we've never been able to do before, whether it's Moms Mabley leading to Monique, leading to some more, leading to uh, uh, Adele, uh, um, Adele Givens. It, 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 and I'm talking about comedians. So if you have not changed it to where someone else is able to do what you're doing, you didn't change anything. And that's exactly what I was trying to point out. But people kept trying to say that, well, she's a dark skinned black woman who had a web series that turned and it, all these really specific things. And I'm thinking, well, you could do that with literally anyone who's ever anyone. done anything on television. Yeah, you yeah. can name specific things that make that person unique. Everybody's because everybody's unique. Who isn't unique in some right. way? Right. Right. Oh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld was the first. Jewish comedian with brown hair, who yeah. put, you know, who did all, you yep. know what I'm saying, who did this particular thing. And you're like, who led this show, who had a show about nothing. No other show was a show about nothing at the time. And that's literally what Seinfeld is, a show about nothing. He even said so. Right. Because it's basically a show about people who just do everyday things. It's like a everyday social, thing. it's a social, not even a social commentary, just a humorous commentary on everyday basic things. And then you have these right. characters that are extreme in whatever way. That's right. unique, right? Does that, that I, I could say he's a game changer, but they wouldn't argue that because he's the white guy with the lead comedy show right. who cares right. <laughs> you know right. um so and my point is that anything anybody
somebody that you list on television, you can call a game changer if all it takes is identity, right? right? Um, when you just try to say, well, she's a dark-skinned Black woman who did this thing, I also think you're kind of erasing so many other Black women that have been in television, dark-skinned or otherwise, when you do that. And it's almost like a slap in the face. And if you read the articles that praise shows like Insecure, and again, as a fan of Insecure, I'm not a hater. People assume I'm a hater. I'm not. I don't know where they got that shit from. But anyway, people who were writing about Insecure kept writing about how there were all these white shows and they didn't have a show that they connected to until Insecure that affirmed their blackness or some weird shit right, like that, right? right. Um, this is the same. This one girl said the same thing when she was creating Harlem. She said, she said, oh, we didn't have shows like Sex in the City or Friends and, you know, and T pointed this out. Well, that's what Living Single was. It, but when you don't, <laughs> when you don't identify as black and you don't live inside black culture, when you have went out of your way and this is what a lot of these people, and this, and this is what I'm saying. Like last night, T sent a text to the Robert Townsend show that I thought that shit was so funny because back then you had people involved in entertainment, black people involved in entertainment that were giving you the black experience from a comedic standpoint. They didn't care if white people got it or not. Right. That was the whole point of Hollywood Shuffle. That was the whole point of Martin. That was the whole point of 227 and all these other shows that had black people telling our experiences from whether you was in New York, whether you was in Detroit like Martin, whether you was in L.A. like the Jamie Foxx show. It didn't matter what white people thought. See, what these people have done is and they forgot that Friends was stolen from Living Single. Literally. Literally. That's what the the I think the um the guy from NBC said he wanted a show like Living Single. Boom, they got friends. Okay? And then they probed them, interviewed them, talked to them about the show, and then went and took their shit. Took their shit. So at the end of the day, you never wanted anything black. You want something white. And what you're doing is you're trying to create the black version of something that's white. I saw somebody the other day, and I think T sent it, or I'm, I might have sent it on Twitter saying that they need a black version of Golden Girls. Why? Why? Yo. This is none of my things that pisses me off. Like, whenever, why do we have to have a black version of other people's shit? Why right. can't we just do our shit? We have our own stories. Right. We don't need a Golden <clears throat> Girls. We have our own shit that we can we create, our own stories, our own people, our own. Right. You know, why not? It, it would have made more sense to say, yo, we should have like an elderly version of girlfriends. That would have made more sense to me. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. Um, where we have, you know, these older black women who are trying to figure, you know, they're figuring out shit or they're learning shit and even in their old age, whatever the concept would be. <clears throat> but I just feel like we can create things based off of our own stories. Living single was a unique story. Absolutely there were no stories about a group of friends living in an apartment. They were mostly family shows at the time, if you remember. The yeah. 90s was family shows. It sure you was. Really, you know, or they were, or it was just one person, one couple, right? So you might have like Martin, where it's just a couple in the house. So they don't have yep. any kids. You Co- know? Couple, couple shows go all the way back to the honeymooners. I mean, right. I love Lucy. Right. So you had couple shows, you had family shows, you did not have single women living in an apartment in New York trying to figure life out. Trying to figure life out, right. You know, two brothers um, living upstairs who they trying to figure life out too. Right. And that was the other thing. They included the black males in the story. They weren't the center of the story, but they helped move along the stories of of these women. Absolutely. Because they interact with black men. Absolutely. Because in real life, black women interact with black men more than anybody else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they know it, but, you know, and it was more realistic, you know, and I thought the picture, I thought the different types of women, nobody talks about this, too. None of them fit one single body type. You know, it's funny you said that because I think I said it last night. You got Khadijah who is trying to build a business and she has a boyfriend, you know, um, 
scooter. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But they're trying to figure it out and, because and he's a businessman, you know. And notice the story. It was her childhood friend. Yes. Yes. She, they, and she lost contact with. Right. Comes back later. You got Regine who is bougie for hook. no reason. And, and that's why she ain't got no man. <laughs> right. He can never settle down she's with chasing one. chasing money. She's chasing Max is a workaholic. Yeah. You know, she, her she's work mean. comes first. And she's mean. <laughs> and then purpose. you got Sinclair who's in love with Overton. Right. So you have all these different she's personalities. She's idealistic. You know, she's, she's very idealistic. Very idealistic. So, so that's she, a, yo, yeah, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, so, so that, that goes to show you that you have these different, these four different personalities. And then you got the two brothers upstairs where Overton is in love with Sinclair. And then you have, um, what's that brother's name with the dreads? Oh, Kyle Bach. Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> he's like Max. Yes, he's he a male he's a version player, of Max. but he's really soft. You know what I'm saying? He right. thinks he's a player, but he's really not. the same thing with Maxine. So I yeah. think he's probably a little harder than he is. Right. But they, but they end up having a little fling or a relationship. It, right, right, and, exactly. and it's toxic as fuck because they're both very toxic, toxic fucking people. Yes, yes. But, they, but the, that's the thing. Everything you're describing, that was that's what made the show unique. They all had their own personalities, which is what friends copied, if you notice that. You have someone, you have someone who's a little quirky and eccentric. You got someone who's a little stuck up up and bougie you got someone who's more straight laced and business savvy and you have this uh and you, like i said also nobody talks about this part but they all had different body types yes maxine was really slim uh khadijah was big uh sinclair was thick regime right. was thick <laughs> you know right. what i mean they right. look like they look like an array of black women tall right. short right regime is tiny you know that was short. a black that was a black woman experience exactly and still is to this day but they just lie on social media and tell you that that's not their experience their experience is like friends no it's not because you don't even know that many white people <laughs> you don't know any black people that behave like that your family don't behave like that you sit on the internet all day long wishing that that was your experience and it's, and it's the, not it's the same thing with girlfriends i would yes. say girlfriends is closer to sex in the city and i said you know what's funny i said this back when they were both on the air at least well girlfriends was on the air i'm not sure if sex in the city was on the air because i didn't really watch it that much i didn't watch sex in the city at all i watched it later i watched the reruns when they came on e that was but that's when i got right. into it it's actually not a bad show it's very white but it's not a bad show right right um, but girlfriends, I thought did a pretty d- damn good job as well. Um, they maybe didn't do the body type thing, but they definitely did the personality thing. They did different shades of black, different yep. types of black. You have Maya who's from South Central from the hood, and she calls out the classism. She says, yeah. Joan, you never been to my fucking house. Right. You know, then you got Lynn who's educated, but for no reason, she don't know what the fuck she's doing in her life. She's lost. She was also adopted. So right. she has this identity problem. She's half white and she does has this identity problem she doesn't quite understand. Right. Right. She has uh then you have Joan who's straight laced kind of goofy but doesn't you know but she's straight laced but she doesn't have a handle on life she's confused she's in a toxic friendship with right. a girl she grew up with her whole life um, who's who's stuck up in bougie and at the same time does wants friendship but doesn't know how to keep one because she's selfish right. you know right. like all these things are so and, and they talk about their dating lives they're Maya's the only one that's married you know right. she damn near loses it trying to hang out with her single friends who doesn't right. relate to that shit right why do I right. need sex in the city yeah I don't need that man <laughs> I don't need that because that you know sex in the city is never going to be my life, unfortunately. Well, actually, fortunately, because I love being black. That doesn't mean I'm (laughs) anti-white. But what that does mean is I appreciate my culture and my background and where I come from and the women that I know. Because the thing about it is I remember when I was young, I was a teenager. I was like 13, 14 years old. My stepsister would love watching 90210 and Melrose Place. But she only watched it because she liked the show. It wasn't because she wanted to be like them. They just liked the show. You know what I mean? I I didn't get it. I thought it was dumb, you know? In watching um, Nina's thread and people going off about it, I noticed something. A lot of the 
people that were upset with what she said, they're mostly upset that they were, she was talking about rich blacks and right. they, cause they were middle-class or upper middle-class. Well, that's, that's, and that's usually, I hate to say it like this, but, um, and I, and I could be wrong, you know, but majority of the people that I find that love these white shows, whether it's, uh, friends, sex in the city, and they want a show of black people that are like that are usually, they don't come from the hood. Exactly. And they and usually exactly have a, a certain at. mindset about that's. how they think about the hood, how they feel about the hood. You exactly. Know, when I saw, I saw that, um, wait, wait, I didn't finish my point yet. Hold on. Hold, oh, go, on. Go, go ahead, hold, go hold ahead, that thought. Hold that thought. Because yeah, yeah, like, you're, you're really on track with everything I'm saying. They're not. And that's when, that's what I noticed. They kept talking like, how dare you talk about these people? Like, cause my, that's not the only poor experience isn't the only black experience. All this shit nobody said, right? But you're right. They, I think they watch those white shows and they want, it, they want to live in that world, which is yes. why I think they overdo the praise for certain black shows. Oh, I didn't realize, you know, how black I was till I watched this show. And I'm just like, nigga, really? Like, you right. didn't know black people your whole life? This was your first time being exposed to black culture was the fucking Cosby show yeah. of all places or living single even. And I love both of those shows, but I never saw those shows in felt like, oh, this affirms my blackness. I did, honestly didn't relate to the Cosby show. I just thought it was a good show. Yeah, because I wasn't rich. The, the Cosby show, the Cosby's were rich. Rich you as got fuck. a doctor and a lawyer? An OBGYN and a brownstone? <laughs> yeah, in, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. You got a kid that's going to NYU, another one that went across seas to Africa somewhere. And, another, to, and the other one to Princeton. Right. And the exactly. parents paid for it. Not no financial aid. They paid for it. And we know they paid for it because mama went off when she Exactly. Left she, she wanted like, her no, money you, back. She, <laughs> 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 I was like, what about my favorite episode? Claire what wanted about, her money back. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And the other thing, just talk about how even good shows were back then. Notice that they didn't feel the need. They didn't take away elements that would make the, that would keep the show relatable to black people. Like a no, there was still ghetto like moments a, in the Cosby show. Right. Like the mom, how yeah. she talked. Yes, yeah, she was a lawyer. She, you yeah. know, maybe maybe people from my community would have called her bougie. But when she went off, we, she been, was, she was, yeah. we, we felt that shit. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Um, or, or when or when, the, when they were being parents, a lot of times I think you could relate. They didn't hit their kids. But if you notice that when they got angry and said shit, the same shit. No, you ain't. Like when, right. uh, when, they, when, they, when Vanessa said she was getting teased for call, being called rich. Yeah. And it was like they call me. They call me poor little rich girl or something like that they told her. Yeah, Cliff told her you, you ain't rich. She said, we we're rich. rich. You exactly. got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so, you know, in certain ways that it was written on top of that, I was watching something they were talking about how in many of the shows Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is another show. I, I think the mom, Daphne Reed, said this about... Uh, that's Light Skin Fresh uh, Prince, yeah, Viv, that's right? Light, yeah, Light Skin on Viv. Okay. Um, she's the... She's, she said something similar on the Fresh Prince and I've heard the same thing said about people who were consulting for the Cosby show, which was they had to consistently go into the script and remind like the people who were on the show like yo black people don't talk like this yeah yeah you know she yeah. said Daphne Reese said they had something in the script where Ashley was gonna say some smart ass shit to Uncle Phil she was like no 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 black we people don't do that we don't do that she said black, a black child would never say that to a black parent no black no. parent would let them especially not a black father the script. oh hell no <laughs> right no. so so those kind of things are really important because they weren't again they weren't reading social media to see what black people what black culture was and how people talk about black right they didn't have to do that. They knew it because they just looked at life. They were a part right. of the world. They knew the right. space. You should be able to rely on your own stories. These these black people who are from those other neighborhoods, they don't know black people until they go right. visit their cousins that they talk shit about in the hood or in the right. country. Right? right. That's why when I saw I saw somebody had posted the apartments. I forgot what the apartments is called. They're in Inglewood. Notorious apartments. When they posted those par- apartments on Twitter, uh, I seen some black folks come out. Man, you know that show is really good when they done posted the apartments the hood. I'm like, nigga, that's Inglewood. Inglewood gentrified like a motherfucker. Oh, that might the be dooms. The, the, the dooms. The dooms. Yeah. 
Then my yeah. apartments might be still raggedy and shit, but nigga, ain't nobody <laughs> running shit in Inglewood. That motherfucker gentrified like a motherfucker. Well, that, but that was interesting about that particular apartment. After that was on that show, the rent on that place went crazy. Went through the roof. So it ended up hurting the area more than anything. And there is, yeah. still, it's still not completely white because I, one thing I will say, even though Inglewood, I think they're definitely gentrifying quicker than LA because LA has a much stronger activist right, uh, right, right. component. Right. Inglewood is where the black people, they were a lot, a lot of them were middle class or they were in the apartments and nobody paid them any attention. Nobody paid them any attention. Because um, yeah. they were the poor blacks. And they, they become, they become <laughs> but, a, a tourist site now and you got these uh, new blacks coming over to those apartment right, complexes and, and, trying to take pictures and I hope they all get robbed. But that's another story for <laughs> but another but TV that's show. No, but that's fast. That's what they do. I've happen. literally seen people taking pictures outside of yeah. different places that were on Insecure, yeah. which was really weird to me because a lot of people already live in LA. They're not tourists. And they're black. Um, And they're black. They're usually from other parts of LA, which I thought was right. really fucking weird. Um, which goes to show you that they never come to the hood either. They don't. They didn't until Insecure. I promise right, you. Right, right. Um, especially, especially, now, all of those people aren't from LA. Those people no, 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 live no, no, in LA. No, I want to make sure I'm no, clear on no. that. Because right. people assume when you say live in, they're from. No. In LA, it doesn't work like that because we're uh, we're one of those transplant cities like New York. Well, you know, when you're black and live in LA, they, when you uh, say I live in LA and you're black, that, that means you must live on Crenshaw and Sloss. <laughs> there is no other street no. to live on but Crenshaw uh, and Sloss. Transplants rarely move to the hood. Um, right. Although I would say that's probably going to change with gentrification because white folks moving here and they feel safer with white people. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, uh, that whole area ended up being, you know, the rent in that area started going up and yeah. it's going to go faster. Like I said before, because Inglewood doesn't have a solid social activist group because they were the bougie right. blacks who didn't. Bougie, they yeah, Inglewood's where bougie black um, people come from. And yeah. so a lot of the activists and organizers. I even asked organizers out here, how come y'all don't ever work with Inglewood? Y'all pretty much just stay in South Central and say, well, we've tried. They don't want to work with the them. homeowners there don't see themselves as activists. Homeowners here right. do. Right. Um, because they, a lot of shit, you have to work harder in LA. Inglewood was a little bit uh, protected because they had black leadership. Well, their last, their current black leader who keeps getting reelected, I don't know why, um, Mayor Butts is selling the city out purposefully. Mm. That's mm. how the Rams got there. He was selling yep. that shit out. SoFi Stadium. Yep. Yeah. Oh, pff, man. He didn't even do that with any type of contemplation or understanding of the community. He was just, you know, they, they did the bullshit things. Oh, we're going to bring jobs. Yeah. And we'll see. Though you get, yeah, you get a jobs job that don't allow popcorn. you to be able to make a living in motherfucking LA. Yeah, you can sell Eagle popcorn. Wood. You know, yeah. that's what the fuck they're going to have you doing. You I'm, know, guessing, I'm guessing the median income in, in, in Inglewood is probably $130,000. A year is a median income to live in uh, Inglewood. It might be soon if it ain't there yeah. yet. Because they had to, let me, let me tell you something. They started shooting up the rent ASAP. And yeah. they didn't have rent control. Right. So right. they was just, so your rent would literally be like $900 a month because you've been living there for however long. Right. And they shot that shit up to 2000 3000 Not even joking. The right. next month. Because they, right. their rent, they didn't have rent control. California had to put an entire rent control on the whole state because people's rents was going up insane. So now the whole state has rent control. But at any rate, my, I forgot how I even got into that. I did go off track. But I guess we were talking about that particular area and how oh, you were talking about the dunes and how people pictures there. And, you know, they don't even understand that area. They think that's just impressive. I thought I thought the shit for me, it's cool to see when you're from L.A. Oh, I see a place that I recognize. Right. But then when you see the impact that it's had on that apartment, that community, that area, yeah. Yeah. it's not a good thing. They're pushing right. black people 
out like a motherfucker in England. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at any rate, that's, and, I, and I'm not blaming the show for that. But I will say that, you know, when learning about the histories of some of the people that work in the industry, um, especially even in my own experience, people that I worked with, let me tell you, a lot of these black people, they don't give a fuck about black people. They don't, I'm about to say they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they give a fuck about opportunities. Yeah, period. they don't they care. They want to make a name in the industry. Especially if they ain't from there. They don't give a fuck. I recognize and that so, you're in Portland. There's so many black people that live in Portland that ain't from here. When the when all the protesting was going on about the gentrification, they didn't give a fuck. They didn't even no, show up. No, they didn't care. And, and this is the thing that these are people who only show up and care as long as they have an audience to bring to somebody. Absolutely. So, like Dream Hampton, she's a perfect example of this. Uh, she's great at pretending like she gives a fuck about black people. Yeah. But that's because that's her brand. She's much like Karen Civil. Her brand is. Hey, Amazon. Hey, Fox. Hey, New York Times. Hey, uh, Vice. I can bring you guys this audience. She's a a middleman, a middlewoman. I have the numbers. She got, I mean, if I, let me not say shit. I don't put everybody's business out there, but because it involves other people besides her. (laughs) But um, people like that. And this is literally me being in the room. I was, we were filming something for a documentary, right? Yeah. And this is when I was with Vice. And a lot of the interviews that we did for the documentary were done at, one of the producers' houses, executive producers' houses, right? He's a, a very well-off black guy. And this house is in Baldwin Hills, which is a well-off black community, um, right next to Windsor Hills, where Issa Rae lived before she uh, moved here from the Potomac, right? right? Just pointing that out. It's like the wealthiest black communities in the fucking nation. Now, I'm there listening to him talk and the showrunner, another upper middle class black woman, and you should hear the way that they talk. Right. They talk so first of all, first of all, they both talk down to me. That girl, especially the um, showrunner, she didn't like me at all. She didn't think I was qualified to be there, even though I was on the project because I was literally the only one from L.A. on a project about L.A. activism. And I've been an activist since I was 14 and I knew the people the project was about. Right. I'm the one who wrote all the questions for the fucking documentary. So all the, right. if, you, if you watch the documentary, it's called, it's called Resist or it's called, I forgot what it's called now. They changed the name. When you watch all the interviews, I wrote those questions. Okay, I'm sitting right. in there. I'm very. I think I'm a capable person. Y'all listen to the show. Y'all, y'all got with a simp for Vita. Clearly, y'all think I'm not an idiot. Right. But this bitch talked crazy to me. I, I couldn't even continue to work for these people because the bitch was nuts. She hated me. She would talk down to me. She thought I was too ghetto. She thought I was too. Uh, and my, which is so funny to me because everybody in the hood think I'm from the suburbs. Right. <laughs> people, right. People who not right. from the the ghetto, they know I'm not from them. They know. Right. They know I'm from the hood. They, they, they can't escape it. She thought I was less than her, less capable than her. And she didn't even know the difference between a state prison and a federal prison and a oh county God. jail and a county jail. She, and the project is about prisons. And she don't know shit, but she's the showrunner. And these people are all, Dream Hampton was on this project. So these are the people that are on this project. She chose these people to put on this project. I believe she was, yeah, I believe she did too. Well, I don't know about the, the black guy, but I know she picked that showrunner. And... <clears throat> The, the reality is this. They pick certain people who push certain perspectives and have certain types of access. They're not people who are looking to hire people like me. Right. Dream Hampton. They have, barely, a narr- they have a narrative that they're trying to keep going. Dream Hampton barely even looked at me because I wasn't, quote unquote, on her level. Mind you, I'm advising most of the show. My homegirl is the fucking director. Right. And all these other people, they when you get somebody like me in those spaces, they don't fuck with us. No, that's how don't. I know. That's how when people kill me and talk about, 
they're, she's not putting her rich friends on. Yes, she is. I looked. Yes, up, she is. Yeah. I even looked up one of the guys because that was that girl, Kimberly Kershaw, Crenshaw. Kimberly Crenshaw. Kimberly Crenshaw. She disrespected the name Crenshaw, by the way. <laughs> she posted some shit. Oh man, we gotta talk about this. So that what's like Kirk Wrights, I guess is his name on Twitter. He's a writer or something for one. Of, was it Southside? Southside. So. Yeah. He, oh yeah. He's the guy that was saying some weird shit about straight black people. Yes, black men. And he posted well, yeah. a video of these black men in suits. It was, it was one of these videos. I, when, I think I remember the original video and I thought the original video was, was pretty dumb. But, you know, it wasn't bad. It was just black men in suits walking around. Right. Some shit, right. right? He posts this video. and He's like, this is what black men want. Straight black men want in television. No story, no plot, just black men, just suits and vibes or some stupid shit. He right. Said, right. And I'm thinking to myself, here's this black man, gay or whatever. It don't fucking matter to me. You a black man. Here's this black man in this space. And he has an opportunity to create more opportunities for black men in media and entertainment, create those stories that tell the stories of black men, gay and straight or whatever. Right. You're in that space to do that. Right. But instead of doing that, you're mocking the concerns of black men. And they're talking about their portrayal or their opportunities in the industry. You're mocking it for who? Who? Right, right. Who is this for? Like you talk about Kenny. I, I, I keep going back to shit Kenny said because he be keeping telling me shit for the past couple of years and I be arguing with his ass and he'd be right. <laughs> but he said, you know, white people, I didn't argue with this because you were right about this 100%, which was they do shit white folks ain't even asking to do. They, white folks ain't asking him to do that shit. Nobody told him to get up there and shit on black men. Mm-hmm. He chose to do that. He's having, like, a, he, he's having an issue because when he posted that clip, I don't know if it was him that posted the clip of the show. People was shitting on him. Black people was shitting on him, letting him know, like, dude, this ain't even funny. This is dumb. Right. And it was a really disrespectful clip to yes. uh, Coretta. I thought it was disrespectful to Coretta, Coretta Scott, Scott King. King. Yeah. Um, and it didn't and it wasn't funny. It didn't even make sense. Like, it, even didn't if it, make, was, it, it was the typical what we talk about with these so-called new blacks where they have to go out of their way to impress white folks in a way that white folks don't even ask them to by mm-hmm. shitting on our elders, shitting on black men, shitting on black women who love black men. You know what I'm saying? They have to separate themselves so much away from the black community that they have to do things that white people are even looking at them like, what are you talking about? Exactly. So when he got lit up by black people, here comes Kimberly Crenshaw's ass. Yeah. And that's the girl who created a four Harriet dot com. Yeah, she's a, she's remember, a scammer too. And if you remember, for, and she's 100% a scammer. For Harriet.com was uh, allegedly, I call it pseudo pro black woman blog. Right. I, it was mostly clickbait and stupid shit, right? Whining about Iggy Azalea. I remember back right. in the day, she would whine about, you know, whining about white female rappers. Now, then if you go search their site, they don't mention not Rhapsody. one black female rapper. Who nope. was hot at the time? It was Rhapsody, it was Il Camille, yep. it was yep. uh, uh, what's that other girl's name? Um, the Afro Latina girl, Nitty Scott. It was a bunch of, oh yeah, Nitty Scott. Yeah, Nitty Scott. It was a bunch of black female rappers out. And I know because I did the research and I started yeah. writing articles because I was mad because I felt like every year they did a woman's thing that says some shit like top female uh, female rappers you should know. And it's like one article that you'll see once a year. Right. Right. Um, and you'll never hear the see this publication cover them ever again. So I would go into every publication that complained about black women not being portrayed a certain way or not getting being prominent in hip hop. And I go to their page and I look to see how much they talked about them themselves. Rhapsody, I think, got mentioned in an article list where it listed a whole bunch of other people, but it wasn't specifically about her. There was no coverage of the work that she was doing. Right. And just this is when Rhapsody was pretty much the talk of the town in hip hop. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and they weren't covering it. But anyway, so Kimberly Kershaw, Crenshaw, that lady, she in response to Kirk Wright's backlash 
she says, oh, if black and they do this real corny thing where instead of just telling people, hey, by the way, there actually is a black show about black men created by a black man called I think it's called Grand View or some shit mm-hmm. like that. Right. Um, so just saying it that way, she basically gives some snide shit like y'all not supporting this. They're like, nigga, we didn't know it existed. Right. That was the response. So Kirk Reich's posting that stupid ass video, his response to people saying that something doesn't exist and saying, hey, by the way, this does exist. Here you guys go. We didn't know the shit, the shit existed. So anyway, peeps, so she retweets that. Some girl decides to take a shot at Nina saying, oh, show her this. Show her somebody, somebody at that girl who said that the Easter Ray doesn't create opportunities, even though that's not what Nina said. Right. Right. And I, so I looked I looked up the guy who created that show. Guess where he's from? Not from L.A. No, he's from L.A. But guess where? Inglewood. Redondo Beach. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he has a mixtape about it's called the Redondo Tape. Um, <laughs> I swear. The Redondo <laughs> Tape. <laughs> I swear to fucking God. I swear to fucking God. Oh now, God. mind you, the median income of Redondo Beach is well over $100,000. Oh, well, yes. Um, Hell yeah. Redondo have, Beach, is that LA County or is that Orange County? That's LA County. You okay. have to have six figures to breathe over there, okay? Listen, yeah. I used to nanny over there. I so he don't even come there. from, he don't even have a black experience. So. It made Nina's point for her while the girl was trying to take a shot at Nina. That was right. another one of her rich friends from LA, but from Redondo Beach. Right. He's he not from South Central. He's not, not from he's not from the bottoms in Inglewood right. or Ingle Watts, as we call it. Right. He's not from Watts. He's not from the east side. He right. ain't even he from East from LA. Yeah. He yeah. definitely ain't from no damn Compton. Right. He's from Redondo fucking beach. Now, any beach city, I'm gonna tell you right now, outside of maybe Long Beach, for the most part, is a hood. I mean, it's not. I was just about to say, outside of Long Beach, it's a rich city. Long Beach is the only one, right? (laughs) And that's just because they ain't pushed all them niggas further, further north yet. And they trying further north to Compton. They trying. I was just about to say they're gonna push them into Compton soon. So yeah, they they trying to push them over into Compton. But outside of Long Beach, most every if you hear the word beach at the end of a name in L.A., it's it's a rich area. Santa Monica Beach, Venice Beach, and that used to be the hood too. And that they. Yeah. gentrified some niggas out of there even venice um, beach venice beach had a little bit of hood to it until that's what i was saying yeah 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 yeah. yeah they venice beach had uh, and it still has a really tiny black community that's yeah. where uh, uh what's her name moved to um with the singer tina marie oh, so okay. her family's from like some weird part of the valley and then they moved to the to venice in the black area and that's where she oh, learned wow. how to that's, that's where she learned how to really make some music but anyway but that area is no longer black because what happens is black people move to these areas that are near water and yeah. when nobody that they're, they're parts of the city nobody wants so black yeah. people start moving there then they take then, it from them then they take it from them and that's pretty much what's happening it was, it's funny because i remember when um what's his name uh that black dude that was trying to run for mayor or some shit like that he went to venice beach and he was getting thrown getting eggs thrown at him by a bunch of surfers and skaters and you know venice beach got a whole oh, lot of um, addicts and shit you're talking about uh larry elder larry elder that and all cool. them beach bums, all them beach bums was throwing fucking eggs fuck. at him and First shit. First of all, Larry Elder is a conservative. <laughs> and, he's and he's from, and he's from L.A. Larry, no, no, he's Larry from, Elder went to Crenshaw. No, he's from South Central. And he's from South Central, yeah. Disgrace. Yeah. He is a He disgrace. went to Crenshaw. But I think he's one of those people who was clearly, he saw an opportunity and went for it. There's no way in hell he believes His story is very weird. His story is very weird. Because he, he's, he's the ultimate coon. He's like a Stephen A. coon. Yeah, yeah. He's the type of coon that know better, but knows there's money in being that, a coon. Okay, that's what I was going to say. He's the type of coon that knows better because if you ever, I never read his book, but I did hear his story. He's from the hood and he wasn't always the way he is right now. 
No. He was not always like this. There's money. In, listen, I, a lot of these conservative pundits, and I'm going to tell you this for a fact, a lot of them did not start off conservative pundits. No. Larry, what's that guy that died? Rush Limbaugh? He dead now? Yeah, Rush did. Limbaugh was actually a liberal commentator first. Glenn, yeah. what's that guy? Glenn, Beck, Glenn, Glenn Beck. Beck was a liberal commentator. Yep, first. Glenn Beck, he definitely was. He was on TV locally here in Portland. Yep. And you know he had to be liberal to be talking to some Absolutely. Some he, was in, he was in Portland for 15 years. So, but they found that there was money. So what happened was there were a lot of these networks say, hey, there's money in controversy. Let's get Rush Limbaugh up here, who's an idiot. He didn't even say anything smart. The man no. was just made up shit. But he said it with conviction and confidence and it, it garnered the audience that that network was trying to get. Right. It was a conservative talk station. I think. And, right. I, and the thing is, I know the, I know the person who told Rush Limbaugh to switch. That's how I know the story. Okay. I know the person who told him it was Howard. But at any rate. Is that the black dude that they say created Fox News? Oh, okay. But the, the, so my, but the, my whole point in even saying any of that is that it's all contrived. It's all contrived. These people yeah. not pro-black. At all. It's a it's a brand. They're yeah. all brands. Everybody used to entertainment. This is why I don't get butt hurt when celebrities do and say stupid shit. No, me neither. Me I don't neither. ever even people. And I, and like, I can I'll, separate and I can separate. I still like them niggas. I that still was, like, I, that's, what, that's what I was about to say. I can separate Kanye West saying some weirdo shit from Kanye West. Music. Yeah, like he don't bother me. Like, no, he says no. weirdo shit. He ain't yeah. done nothing heinous. So I, he, I don't he's know. always said weird um, shit. <laughs> he ain't out here raping children. So I, no, you no, know, no. I ain't got no issue with him. I like LL. LL wrote accidental oh racist the dumbest shit i ever oh heard in my life God. he said and he you, if you forgive me you t- what do he say if you take off your confederate flag i'll take off my chains or what do he say some dumb shit but i don't I'll, even know but see this is what happens when people who people he was young when he came out you know yeah, he, he grew was, up in the industry he grew up in the industry yeah he did he grew up with these white folks telling yeah, him sure all did. types of shit gassing yeah. them and yeah. or hurting them or whatever it is black and if you read if you read if you read his book he went through some fucked up shit at one point in time in his career on drugs and right. all kinds of shit. Oh, oh yeah. And he, so he, um, I, I didn't read this book, but I heard him in interviews many times talk about a lot of this shit. Yeah. So he's somebody who's been through a lot of shit and he has some dumb perspectives and he does, but if you notice, he doesn't have like a deep education on racism. No, so no, I, no, 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 so no. So he no. wrote Accidental Racist and you listen to that shit, it sounds fucking stupid because you can tell it's a person who does nothing He doesn't about understand. Racism. Yeah. He doesn't understand yeah. the complexity of it, the conversation. He thinks it's about a fucking flag. That tells me right. everything I need to fucking know. Right. He, oh, get rid of your flag. That's that's the problem. No, the niggas still voting to have you killed. I don't think yeah, whether they, they can get rid of the Confederate flag and put up a fucking the flag of the San Francisco 49ers. It ain't gonna make a difference. I think because us being from the West Coast sometimes, um, although he's from the North, uh, still he's from New York, but still, but I still think it's different. I think being on the West Coast because have a different we have an understanding of racism in a way because we are used to nice white people oh yeah yeah so the we white know not to trust nice white people yeah absolutely we don't have in our head that if you're nice to me you're no longer racist i tell people I, all the time man when you see white people with those black lives matter signs in their yard or if you see them where there's they have those signs that says um we're it's like a big ass paragraph and it's in different colors and shit oh yeah it's a fucking scarecrow yeah this is the thing ask them how many niggas live in a block Exactly, because that's a goddamn scarecrow, especially here in Portland, because they know the history of gentrification here and don't give a fuck. Oh. They put the Black Lives Matter sign in the yard so you don't come up to them thinking that they racist. Oh, no, they'll move. Yeah, you, so there's two types of white it's people. It's a fucking scarecrow. Areas. You have the white people that move to the black neighborhood and put up BLM so they don't get, they ship, yeah. the, they door kick the fuck in, or their business burnt the fuck down. Because the, there was one business, one white person, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I was reading this story in Lamar Park because Lamar Park is one of those areas that's getting highly gentrified. Right. Um, they're trying their best to keep it black. I'm seeing how Good hard luck. black people are trying. The black people are trying so hard to the point where this white family, um, they were, you know, the white liberals. So they, they were acknowledging that they were encroaching on their this black space. And they said they put up a sign that said, hey, you know, come over, we'll have coffee and you know, put the set up a space in the backyard where people could come through, talk and meet and have coffee and learn about them and all this shit, right? Yeah. And the black folks was like, fuck that shit. Some black folks fell for the shit because they're idiots and they just want, they, and some people, to be fair, some of these black people want these white folks there because they feel like it'll raise their property value. Oh, yeah, will. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But a lot of black people who have a deeper understanding of how these white people work and how they take shit don't want them there. And they, but the thing that became the problem is like, hey, how are you doing this? And literally, less than a five minute walk away from you there's a black owned coffee shop exactly you taking business away you don't even realize you're doing it and so you know people were get calling them out on that shit because this is what white this is what like white liberals do they they don't they don't really care no they, they they, well, see the thing about it is if there's 50 they just don't negroes, want their shit kicked in yeah and if there's 50 negroes and 20 show up and even if they're the worst kind of negroes to show up that's good for them that's enough you know what I mean? Because they, they don't care if you come there and say anything at all because they're not leaving because all they're going to do is call 911 on your black ass. Because that, And that's what the police are for, protecting white businesses and protecting white land. So they don't care what happens when they if they have you guys come and drink coffee and all that kind of shit. They don't give a fuck. They just then they can say, well, we just had, you know, Jim and, and his wife, Brenda. They were over oh, here. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? He was like, what shit. the fuck does that have to do with anything? They play dumb. You know, what yes. I mean? they play dumb on purpose. You know what's going on, y'all? We talking mm. shit about these uh, these new niggas. I mean, we I mean, we really you know we've been talking for about an hour, so we've been really just talking about the dynamics. Like when you look at, um, and I'm glad T put that uh, that link in the in the text thread because I forgot about that show. I he think T had to go it. to Home Depot or something like that. Oh, you know what's crazy? Is I didn't even think they had a Home Depot in New York City. Like, where you know what? Can't Depot? get out of my head. Get out of my head. I swear, <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> I swear, to God, I was just thinking that. Where right would they now. put that shit? You know what I'm saying? I have no. I have yo. I have no idea. You bro. are so it's, funny. It's probably just, inside of a bigger building that has like multiple floors. In exactly. Room. That's what I was thinking. It's like inside <laughs> okay, of a high rise yeah, fucking exactly. building or some shit. You and know? that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, I'm, Ken, you ain't been to L.A. in a while, but if you go to like downtown L.A. off of um, like Figueroa going like towards seventh and all of that. Oh yeah, yeah. all seven. of that shit is all of that shit is like in that whole area is it's totally new and like they just compacted everything. I think most of the designers like target are from over New there. York yeah, they got like a target over there, smart find like all kinds of stuff over there. And yeah, they're uh, trying to turn downtown into yeah, more New yes, York. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Because, you know, LA is full of uh East Coast transplants, man. Oh like, yeah, yeah. We got, were just talking uh, about that. Yeah, even yeah. up towards like the city planners and all that kind of stuff. They all from the East Coast. Yeah. LA. And they like to walk everywhere. So they're trying they to make like everything. They like to walk everywhere. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what but they've done. That's, that's what like Portland that. has done. Too. They've mm-hmm. done that in Portland where to where now when you try to rent an apartment, they try to the rent is high because they'll put in the in the listing close to close to city transit, close to uh, shopping. Mm-hmm. And what they yeah. don't understand is that I don't give a fuck because I don't catch the train. One. <laughs> Two, I don't want to shop there. You know right. what I'm saying? So That's why do I got to pay $1,500 a month for a two-bedroom apartment for some shit that I'm never going to use? Mm-hmm. And you know, LA used to, all the uh, legal bars and stuff like that used to close real early. Yeah. You know, but now we got so many transplants from from places where the bars basically stay open all night. Mm-hmm. And so they, I think they passed a, a law not that long ago where like the bars stay open past 2 a.m. now or something like that in LA. Oh, wow. Oh, they wow. did? 
Because when I was partying, they definitely shut that shit out at two. Oh, yeah. yeah they, exactly. was, they did not hesitate. They would close them fucking doors. Last call, yeah, yeah. 145, and yeah. you'll be out by two. I think. Don't quote me 100% on that. I, I think that's what I don't know the conversation was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were fighting for three. That, I remember that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but if you really want to party, they got after hours five. You can go to the warehouse well, or a house party. We yeah, house party a lot out here LA. Anyway. Yeah, that's always been L.A. Before they had strip clubs in L.A., before they had, what's the one now? Aces or whatever it is. Ace of Spades or oh, what's know. the real popular strip club? Well, Deja before they, something like that. <laughs> that's only what I know. <laughs> I think it's called Aces or something like that. Oh. This is back when I was back when I was a heathen. Um, <laughs> back when you was backsliding, you was backsliding. Right, back exactly. Yo, I live over by the right track, so. Oh Lord, that's the that's the that's the, the dudes, right? Yeah. Is that <laughs> Somebody told me years ago. They said, you look like you dance at the right track. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. No. This is, oh, my God. this is what I had. You know, this is what I had, muscles and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like not no more. I don't, I don't look like that, that now. That's so but. funny. Don't, yeah, I, I mean, it's a compliment, but it's so weird. So yeah, it is weird. It was weird <laughs> to me then. You know, I'm like, what? The fuck? <laughs> what energy am I giving off? Where you think I'm a male stripper? <laughs> if it was a dude that told you that, how the fuck would he know? No, no, no. It wasn't no dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the hell would he know? Was it an older black woman? Yeah, it was a female coworker. She was about ten years older than me. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't say she had. Of course, she was. No, mm-hmm. no people go there are older. Well, I know some younger women that go there with older women, but yeah. You know what's interesting is like a young, the, the strip scene now, I don't go, but just from what I see online and stuff, like it's like it's more women at the strip club than men now, it seems like. To yeah. Me, or, yeah. Or at yeah. The because it's 50 50. Well, I've been to, I went to V Live um, mm-hmm. in Carson. And honestly, I thought it was pretty fun. I thought the guys were kind of lame because these girls mm-hmm. was killing it and these niggas was not giving no money. Mm. This, this girl's was doing all types of acrobats. I mean, honestly, I thought it was entertaining. It looked like a fucking circus show. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it looked yeah, like Circus LA yeah. or some shit, but yeah. naked. And it was just, well, yeah, it's crazy. And, how, and better music. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's crazy how it's changed, man. Like LA didn't have a real legitimate strip club scene back in the nineties and early two thousands. You everything was underground. Like my boy mm. would pick me up and we would go out and he would take me to these real seedy ass. Oh, underground yeah, strip yeah, yeah. In, in, in 60s hood and all this stuff. Right, like, man, right. Where are we at, man? Oh, I know exactly the kind <laughs> of spot you're talking about. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah nah, that's just wild, weird. Though. Nah, that shit, it I can't wild. see. I'm, I'm not, that's not my world. So I just, I know people who be in them spots. I know I had a homegirl who actually became a stripper going to those spots. Um, <laughs> that's serious. Um, yeah. I don't think she stripped now, but she used to strip back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, no, nah, I'm going to know. Yeah, nah. I I I know that space, and that I can't. I don't like none of those spaces where when, when shit let out, you got to hop right in your car and roll you gotta out. Get the yeah, fuck out of there! Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, yeah. And that's pretty much what it was. My I boy, know. He loved going, <laughs> my boy loved going to those places. I did. I'm like, man, what? Get me up out of here! I remember when I was an Uber driver, and I was like, oh, and I was around uh, the LAX, so I was like, oh, actually, let me. It's Saturday night. I know it's going to be surging over by GS because wherever there's a club, it usually surges. It didn't surge at all. Why? Because don't nobody call no Uber over in the mm-hmm. GS. Everybody mm-hmm. drive their own car and they get the fuck out of there. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> ain't nobody waiting on no Uber. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah. we were talking about um, young, mediocre, black people in entertainment. 
why we get so much mediocre entertainment, but also where these people, why these people believe that we need black versions of white shit when we already have black versions of black shit that white people stole. Uh, so, <laughs> like we talked it's about, come back full circle. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we reclaiming our own shit. Yeah, I understand. We need to show. We, there was no black friends. There were no black people in friends. Like nigga, they like Kenny pointed out, they stole the shit from Living Single. What the fuck mm-hmm. are you talking about? So, um, and we were talking also about how how much has changed in television. Um, Kenny brought up a really good show. He brought up The Wire and how good that was in, com- was in comparison to how a lot of these new uh, hood gangster shows are supposed to be drug drug game shows are. Um, uh-huh. And what you know what the difference is the time period. One of the things we uh, keyed keyed in on is the social media scene because so many of these shows are targeting social media. Um, retweets and conversations and writing for those conversations or from those conversations and not writing from real life. So we right. end up getting these stupid ass scenes like from Harlem where you have this weird barber. Now I'm going to be real. I've been to many barbershops because I have a brother. I have friends that I've gone with. I've taken kids to barbershops. Whenever I've been in a barbershop, <clears throat> men would usually change how they talk. Um, right. From what I've seen, they were they were, and if they fucked up or somebody said something was they thought was disrespectful. You know, I don't trip. I don't care. I grew up around men, so I don't care. But they right. don't know that. They don't know me, so mm-hmm. they would apologize. Oh man, I didn't mean like that. You know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. You know, whatever. They'll always apologize. They're never grotesque and 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 graphic and disgusting disgusting sexual encounters. I've never right. experienced that. The last time I was in a barbershop, the niggas was <laughs> arguing about the moors. I swear to fucking God. I <laughs> those, swear are the to fucking God. those are the I'll, kind of conversations you have I'm, in the barbershop. And this shop. is in Inglewood. I'm in a barbershop in Inglewood. These niggas is arguing about the Moors. You know? Yo. Um. <laughs> last time I was in a, in a barbershop, we was arguing literally about socialism versus communism. You know what, what I'm saying? Like, black right, right. talk about things like that. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. <Yes. laughs> I mean, I that's what playing, that's what I'm like, that's what I was saying. Like, when you go into a barbershop, first of all, the language is different because there's kids in there and there's usually somebody's mom in there. You know right. what I'm saying? It's never just a whole bunch of 25 and up men in the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you usually yeah. you usually find an elder in the barbershop, too, sometimes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when they tried to depict that uh, they couldn't go into a barbershop because they gay or they can't go in. Like the one dude said on Twitter, this is when I was on Twitter a long time ago. Um, the no. dude was saying that he went inside a barbershop and he was afraid to tell it to be in there because they was in there having these crazy conversations about gay people and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Like you lying. First of I, all, I, why would you go? Why yeah. would you go into a barbershop to tell them what your sexuality is? Because they don't give a fuck. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? But and they, you lying, they, you know, they, they want to make it to where it's a safe space, Ken, so that they oh. can go in there and talk about all that stuff and be wild up in there and, and get it cracking up in the barbershop. You feel me? Oh, okay. Like it's not it's not good enough that no one even talks about that stuff. They want you to talk about it, but in a way that they like for you to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's they want to transform all of the culture to make sure that it's um Whatever it is that they want, even if they don't know right. what they want. Right. Because I'm not even going to say LGBTQ friendly because what these people do a lot of times is a, is a hyper characterization of, of, you know, LGBT and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. way over the top. Right. You, you know, how like everything I, on Twitter. When that clip went around from Harlem, it was a, so for those who haven't seen the clip, it's a girl, a black girl in a barbershop. She has a shortcut. She wants her barber friend to cut her hair. And this is her friend. 
um, I'm guessing a close friend based off of the conversation. <clears throat> there was another mm-hmm. barber in the shop making some weird conversation about a woman with different size titties or something. I don't know if he'd never seen a woman's body before. I don't know what the fuck it was. It was weird. Um, <laughs> I'm just assuming. When they, because when they get say stupid shit, I'm thinking, have you never seen a woman naked? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. right. Um, so anyway, he's having some real graphic, stupid conversation. She's like telling her, her barber, like, yo, check your boy. You know, he's being disrespectful. And so he says something to the girl, like, the other barber says to the girl, like, you know, we, you, you want like a dude anyway, like disrespects her or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, what barbershop does that? Because every black one I know with a shortcut, they am, I guarantee they're not getting told, like getting disrespected. You know what I mean? Not like that. So um, that's what the scene was. But my problem is because, <clears throat> yeah, maybe they want to turn barbershops into whatever. I don't fucking know. I didn't really understand half the shit these niggas be talking about because I think <laughs> I don't think they represent the LGBT community. It's not the black ones that I, I don't know. think so either. Um, yeah, I don't think so. And I think they're a totally different group of what people. What they do is they represent themselves, but the, what they do is they crowbar themselves into any type of situation. Exactly. It's that they with black make people. It about they do themselves. it. They yeah. do it even right. with people who are, are who aren't uh, a part of the LGBT community and they're black. It's just blackness in general. They feel the need mm. to tell these fucked up stories and then act like they represent that group right. and they don't. Right. Um but my issue is the portrayal of black men in that story. And exactly. Yeah. Cause that's the entire purpose of it. The purpose right. is to show, look at how homophobic and sexist black men are. Look at how mm-hmm. horrible, like, and it's to the point where even though the guy is friends with this girl, he won't even stand up for her because mm-hmm. that's allegedly some distantly his cousin or some, some shit like that, which yeah. to me makes it me to me. Make, I was not, I'll be more likely why you checking because that's your family. You know what I mean? Because I definitely check my family probably before anybody else because that's my family, you know? Um, But so they try to really, so basically basically the black men are are too pussy to stand up for black women or they just disrespect black women altogether. And that's what that story was supposed to tell. And if they're trying to lie and say, oh, well, this is one person's story. No, you did this on purpose to portray a, a, a certain perspective of New York and particularly black men. And mm-hmm. I thought that shit was disgusting because it are, disgusting. because it's not realistic. And on top of that, there are real issues to me. If you really part of the black community and you really part of us, there are real conversations that we actually have between each other, between men and women that I think would make a much better storyline that are much mm-hmm. more real. If you really mm-hmm. want to address certain shit, talk about the real shit. Don't put fake shit up there. You don't got to go hunt and looking for something homophobic. You can do you can, it's easy to find. You don't have to create right. a narrative that doesn't exist. Does that right. make sense? Right. Makes perfect sense. But they can't do that. They have to create this narrative according to these uh, these social media accounts and what these conversations, these bloggers are saying, and they're writing scripts based off of that, not off of their actual experience as people in black communities because they don't be in black communities. Right. right. They're not so from black that communities. And even from Harlem. How the fuck do you know what happens in Harlem? But the thing is, see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and then they think when they do finally come down to a black space, that is a terrifying experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can't ever write a scene where it's like they they expected it to be one way, but it was actually pleasant or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's always the boogeyman comes to fruition. You know, and it's just it's it's just sad at this point, man. Like, I, I don't know where we got to this point i don't know how it happened but we're here and we need to come up with a plan to stop it i'm glad when that scene came out there was the appropriate amount of backlash that was something that i was really proud of because a few years ago you wouldn't have seen that 
You know what I'm saying? But now it's like people are getting tired of that shit, man. And, and people are standing up and, and, and speaking out against it. Thank goodness. Right, right. Yeah, I think people are sick of the shit. And I think that's yeah. why these shows aren't going to be as successful as they think they're going to well, be. I think the reason why people are getting sick of this shit is because they're starting to realize that this is all based on bullshit and made up stories that doesn't exist. See, this is mm-hmm. the thing about black people. You know, we have a, we have a couple of problems. One, we have uh, too many issues with trying to escape. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we'll we'll get on Twitter and tell lies all goddamn day long. All day it's long. all it's all day because it's all escapism, you know. But then right. when you have, you have black people also that are like, hold on, man, this is some, okay. I understand we do be playing. Okay, this is some bullshit. You're going over right. the top now. Fuck your identity. You just going over the top as a human being. You're a piece of garbage. That's what you right. are. And that's the reason why you're doing this. This has nothing to do with your identity. It has nothing to do with the way someone treated you. It has all everything to do with you're a piece of shit. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. And it seems like it, we've gotten to the point to where people are afraid to say that about certain types of people because of their identity. Like the whole thing that went on with Dave Chappelle. Then people got mad at Dave Chappelle because they were pieces of shit. That's all it was. They wasn't mad at that comedy. They was mad because they can't have their way. You have a lot of grown people. These are grown ups. You know what I'm saying? Damn near my age, if not older. They're just they're just horrible human beings. You know what I'm saying? And they wanted yeah. their way. Yeah. You know, so yeah. when you look at a lot of these situations, like when you look at like we were saying earlier before you got on, we were talking about how, you know, these people think that because the show is doing well because they have 200,000 retweets, they're so goddamn stupid. They don't realize that in the real world, 200,000 views ain't shit. And then they wonder why the show gets canceled. Look, we watch, <laughs> look, we, 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 we well, Lovecraft is a perfect example of that. It only made it one great. season. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. It made it one season. Now you compare that to a lot of other black shows that, that came out and debut with three and four and five million views. Because mm-hmm. when you're trying to debut a show, you're trying to bring this to my living room. So that means you're bringing it to the living room of someone that has no idea what the fuck happens on Twitter. So when, so when you start putting these narratives on these shows, like the whole Coretta Scott King thing from that show Southside, and someone like my mom or my sister or someone else sees it, they don't get that that's supposed to be funny on Twitter because they're not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So now what we're seeing is you're not even a, you're, you can't write for shit. You have no type of integrity. You have no type of skill when it comes and what it is, is that a lot of these black folks are unqualified and they've been put in position for a reason. But they're yes. not even, they're not there. They're not there to cultivate a thought. They're yeah. there to push somebody else's agenda. Somebody That's else's agenda. And they want to be, they yeah. want to be, they want to have that ironic comedy like The Office and Seinfeld. And, and they're not good at it. And you're not curb good at it. Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. curb yeah. your enthusiasm. Yeah. You know, you're not good at that. You know, right. we didn't and need that's to. Not, that's not us, bro. That's no, us. I mean, at the same not, time. When, say, that's not even black comedy. If anything, it's not, it's, so, it's, so it was when, actually originally like British comedy. That wasn't yes, even yes, American. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Monty Python. Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. So when we when, when they were doing Seinfeld, we had deaf comedy. Jim. You, I remember Seinfeld came out, what, 90, 91? 91, like I that. think. So while Seinfeld was going on, we was watching TGIF. Martin, Living Single, and all these other shows that went on up until 1998. I didn't even right. know Saturday Night Live existed because I was watching A Living Color, I promise. Right. I, yeah. I'd never, I had never seen Saturday Night Live until I was Yo, an adult. At that well, time, I was in high school. I was like out of high school, I think. At that time, nobody knew Saturday Night Live. Nobody watched it. It was dead. In Living Color yeah. was Killing it. And I okay. believe at the time when In Living Color was on, Chris Rock was on Saturday Night Live at that time, but nobody yeah. watched it. 
I didn't Nobody even know. I did Rock not know who Chris. No. I didn't know who Chris Rock was until one of his stand-ups, and I was in right. a middle school, and people were talking like quoting lines from his stand-up. That's the only time I had ever heard of Chris Rock. I had never seen Saturday Night Live. I knew Eddie Murphy so for movies, you know. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to me, at least how I see it. You have these black style black shit that black people fuck with, and black people the but the black people who are currently in media or in entertainment, they want to move away from that. You know what? Martin's comedy, yeah. it wasn't a bunch of just a bunch. It was it was witty lines. So they, they clowned each other in the way black people clown each other. Right. You know, like I, I guarantee you people, white people probably watched Martin and couldn't figure out why Pam they couldn't so figure Sam, it out. Why is right. Pam still coming around? Because right. mm-hmm. that's how black people talk. They just talk yeah. shit to each other. Yeah. You, know, you know, she don't like the nigga, but she liked the nigga. You know, she, right? well, she, it's one of the things where exactly. she, they might not like each other. They might not like each other, but they don't want to see nothing happen to each other. It, right. Because right. in every episode where some shit was going to happen to one of them, they had each other's back. They had each other's back. Exactly. Right. Now, you fast, not- you fast forward and you see a lot of these so-called new blacks. They go back. I remember when, when Martin was on Netflix. They didn't even get it. <laughs> Only thing they could talk about was colorism with Gina and Pam oh and how God. problematic Martin was. You and it's like, okay. You guys aren't from. You guys are not from the community. You're not from the culture. Right. You're Yo, from. Some kept, sh- you're trying to. You're trying to find a way to make it about you. Yo, it was so interesting to me how they take these modern conversations and apply them in situations that it doesn't even apply to. In you know past. what we call that, Vita? What presentism? <laughs> Pres- oh, that's a real word. That's, yes, presentism. <laughs> um, you're thinking said, for the way you do today for people that existed 20, 30, oh, 40 years ago. I'm glad ago. you told me that because I, I now I have a new word when I complain about all these new shows. I was watching yeah, The Queen's Gambit. That's the dumbest show ever. I fucking hate it. The Queen's Gambit is dumb. I don't know why people told me to watch that shit. It's full of presentism. I'm going to use that yeah, word. Shit that but, didn't exist. But the thing is, I, like, I was watching this clip of Tashina Arnold because I was um, on Twitter and they posted this clip of Tashina Arnold uh, uh, it was like scenes they, they asked people to post scenes of shows where even mm-hmm. the actors where the actors broke and they started laughing in the scene and so there's a scene where Tisha um, Tisha Tashina Arnold um, is clowning Martin calling him like a leprechaun or something right and she does this move that's really funny now after watching I was like damn if you think about it Tashina Arnold was pretty brilliant comedic yeah, actress yeah um and i kept thinking about different scenes on that show I'm like damn she, and then the thing is i didn't know until later so i looked up an interview with her after i saw that and i said and she was talking about how a lot of it was off the cuff most of yeah. that comedy on oh, that show live. was off the cuff and she said you had to learn how to keep up with mark remember martin's a stand-up he's a real yeah. stand-up comedian yeah. he's the kind of stand he's like d.o hughley did he do that shit where he talks shit about people in the audience and it's like off the cuff shit so he's improv that's what he knows how to do she had to keep up with that so that trained her now you watch everybody hates chris she's one of the funniest people on the fucking show exactly I, absolutely yeah and, you know and she plays the character she knows how to do her face a certain way she knows she, she's a brilliant comedic yeah. actress now they asked her you know what do you think about that colorism conversation and she said actually when i uh, auditioned for the role it was even it wasn't even for me it was for a, they wanted it up to be a bigger girl so all the jokes were actually fat jokes. Right. Mm-hmm. She just happened to kill the audition because she's funny as hell. And they had to rewrite the jokes. Notice they never made jokes about her being dark skinned. Nope. Never mm-hmm. was. Nope. They made, they fun, never about did. Her, they made no. fun of her hair. No. Nope. The her, the, you know, her face or whatever it was. And she's a beautiful woman. Nobody and nobody yeah. who actually right. watched the show didn't think. Uh, she was a oh no 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 we always thought she was oh, no, no, a no, motherfucker no. Yeah. are you serious oh, yes. I oh, never oh, in yeah. my life what? thought 
she was not the attractive one. Or that no, 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 no. both really beautiful women. Yeah, I grew up G- thinking, Gina had a big ass head. <laughs> and which, which was also common joke throughout that the That was a common series. joke when she got her head stuck in the bed frame. Her head and her muscle butt. Right. right. They talked right. about that so much, right? <laughs> um, so they they so there was the comedy was not about skin tone at all. The show was written with just comedy. It wasn't about color. If they had right. a light-skinned girl that filled that role, they probably would have cast her too and clowned her hair or whatever it was, right. you know? But the sure. thing is, people don't understand that. They don't, they're so busy trying to, trying to push this wokeness that they are missing, that to me, the best content in shows like Martin. Right. You two focus mm-hmm. on the wrong shit. Look at how clever Tashina Arnold is. The fact that I found out watching one of her interviews, and that wasn't even in the script. She just had a really quick comeback. But you just said mm-hmm. it. They focus on the wrong shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, 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 only want, they only want what they want. And, and this is for this era right now. And that's why a lot of these so-called showrunners, actors, actresses, man, when this era is over, they ain't never going to be able to work in Hollywood again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you know how Hollywood works. When they, Hollywood they, done with your ass, you ain't. You gone. I mean, shit. When's the last time we saw Robert Townsend on TV? Well, yeah. And, and here, here's my question. What do they want them to do? Like, okay, she's light skinned. Like, what, are, are light skinned actresses just supposed to not ever go out get a for job? Roles? Or yeah. like, what, 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 but, what is the solution for that? But this is my problem. I don't have a problem if they criticize it because Gina wasn't good. Like, oh, clearly right. they must have casted her because they thought she was attractive or because she was light skinned. No, but we know Gina's right. a good actress. We, but that's she's a fact. clearly. But she's been doing acting for a long fucking oh, time. Oh, fuck. Little Shop of mm-hmm. Horrors. It did, you know did comedic acting. You know, did yeah. all drama acting. House party. Yeah, all um, but It so gives she, back to the community. She goes and, and does the, the hot chocolate nutcracker every year, right? Yeah. Not, only does she take, do, not only does she do that, she also wait. helps protect other actors and actresses and their likenesses because she went inside of a store. Because, you know, right now, Martin... Uh, is really popular as far as artwork. The type of artwork that was in, in Martin, the way they would draw mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. is really popular. She went into a place and saw a bunch of T-shirts with her face on it and Martin's face on it and Tommy's face on it and shut them motherfuckers down. You know, the, the player, mm-hmm. the, the actual actor, Tommy, has passed away. Passed right. away about seven, eight right. years ago. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. got people out here profiting off of Tommy's likeness. You know what I'm saying? Oh, things wow. like that. So mm-hmm. she, I follow her on Instagram. She talks about it a lot. All right, y'all. So... That is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.